Friends, welcome to the High I'm Anxious podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dahl, and today we are going to discuss part three of five of a special series with my friend and coach, Dr. Lisa Hartwell. If you missed parts one and two, make sure you go back and listen to them. Dr. Hartwell is an anxiety specialist who helps ambitious professionals and women in business just like you and me to create an easier life even with anxiety. She'll teach us to create an anxiety master plan that can help us stop the cycle of anxiety. Let's dig into part three of five of this series with Dr. Hartwell so you can learn to create an anxiety master plan for your life. Hey, are you a high achiever who struggles with perfectionism? Do you get stuck in the cycle of overthinking? Do you do everything for everyone else because you think otherwise it won't get done? Do you feel like you should come with a disclaimer? Hi, I'm anxious. Hey, I'm Katie. Full disclosure, I'm not a therapist, doctor, or mental health professional. I'm just a career mama who also struggles with anxiety. For me, anxiety reared its head at the most inconvenient times, when I wanted to be present with my family, at those high-pressure business meetings, when I was laying in bed awake at night worrying instead of sleeping. I just wanted to relax and be able to have fun, and I know that you do too. What if you found tools to manage your anxiety? What if you knew how to enjoy life even though you are anxious? Look, it's time to put down that third cup of coffee and swap it for some lemon water. We're going to get control over anxiety so it can stop controlling you. Let's go, girl. So, hi friends. We're back today with Dr. Lisa Hartwell. We're doing a five-part series to create an anxiety mastery plan for your life. If you haven't listened to episodes one and two, go back and do that. And I'll also link where you can find more information about Dr. Hartwell in the show notes. So thanks for being again, being here again with us, Dr. Hartwell. I'm so grateful for you and your expertise. I think I'm so excited about being here again. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you doing this for your listeners and you know, just having the opportunity to learn a new way of thinking about your anxiety. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous, but I could talk about anxiety all day. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Thank goodness. Yeah. Right. um, In the first couple episodes, you know, we talked about like recognizing you have anxiety as a problem. Where are you at on the anxiety continuum? Getting help when you do that figuring out how to assess your own anxiety level. Where are you on that scale of zero to 10? We talked about figuring out once you figure out where you're at on that scale, what triggered you to get there. And now I think we're going to talk about what to do next. So you know, you're anxious, you know, you're triggered. Mm. What's next for you? So this one we're titling it is assessing your continuum of stress to high functioning anxiety to burnout. And that becomes important is because you need to know and learn when you have it and when you don't. Because some people get to the point where they're thinking, hey, this is just who I am. I'm just a nervous Nelly. I'm just a worried Wanda. This is just what I do. Oh, it's not like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> a surprise. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Exactly. And once you learn that, again, I come from my medical background from being a nurse too, is I know what anxiety over time does to the body. When we put ourselves in a state of fight or flight all the time, 
as far as the clinical anxiety and the burnout, your cortisol levels go up, your brain chemistry becomes unbalanced. Other systems have to take over. When other systems take over, cardiac system, liver, you know, your gut system, all of those pieces have to, they're meant to be secondary functions, right? Our primary function is our brain and our heart. If we're asking the rest of our bodies to work overtime, they only have so much to give. That's why over time, medically, you start seeing things show up. Interesting. I think that's something people can be anxious about too. You hear, um, whether you understand the science or not, that anxiety is bad for your physical health. So that that's actually how it works. And I think that that can be anxiety producing too. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I need to calm down because I'm going yeah. to make myself sick. So yeah. I love how you said we put ourselves in this fight or flight mode. So mm-hmm. if we can put ourselves there, we can move ourselves out. Is that right? Bingo. Absolutely. 100%. Now the brain, it's an automatic process from the brain that our anxiety is tapping us on the shoulder and saying, hello, you're in danger, danger, Mm -hmm. danger. But in actuality, we're supposed to be operating from our frontal lobes. And I'm in our, in our recording here, I'm pointing to my forehead, but our forehead is where our frontal lobe sits is where our, what we call executive functioning. That's where every, where the, the Ram, so to speak, in your computer is in, in operation. This is real time. Everything up here is real time. This is what makes us human, at least a biological species with brains that aren't necessarily reactive, which is more of a lower functioning brain, such as a a snake or something like that, right? When we call it a snake in the grass, we're not just seeing a mouse and grabbing it. We're thinking about, huh, am I hungry? Do I need that mouse? Does that mouse have a family? (laughs) Do I really want, right? There's all this discernment going on as a higher level functioning being. But our brains at the deepest level from primitive growth is fight, flight, or freeze. And you're absolutely right. At some point when you recognize when it starts filtering up to your frontal lobe, that's when you are able to intervene. Now, mind you, it takes practice and you learn this process, but I 100% guarantee you, you can do it. Everybody can learn a new pathway. A new neuron pathway. Like you mentioned that, you know, we might be uh, driving down this well-worn dirt road. You mentioned that in a um, previous episode, but Mm -hmm. we could create a new track. Absolutely. That's exactly what you're doing. And you're creating a new, more functional track that serves you. And that's the whole feeling helpless to feeling hopeful. To feeling hopeful. you, You can create a new path that serves you. Absolutely. And I would, I take it a step further in all of my coaching programs, which is it also serves your soul. So that piece of understanding that we're also here to serve our soul's purpose. And sometimes it takes a while to know what that is. And usually what happens is when you start creating these new pathways that get you out of survival mode of just fight, flight, or freezing, you can actually start recognizing and and just sort of ah, feeling the lights go off that I'm serving my soul's purpose. This is why I'm here. That starts to get reinforced. Oh, that's amazing. And that it just feels so good to even think about that. 
So mm. to know you can get yourself there, what a light, especially for people who have an anxiety issue, because I feel like it can feel so heavy and dark. So it's nice to have not only a little bit of positivity, positivity, but hope. Right, right, exactly. I think about the example of some of the very high functioning uh, professionals that I work with that are happen to be moms. And are they moms first or are they professional first? It's really about helping them discern that and talking through that. And one of the notions we talk about is being a good enough parent. You don't have to be perfect, but your soul's purpose is to take care of and raise this human being. That was that human being was put into your life to raise up to be a great human being as well. That's enough. That's it. Now, how you get there may be messy. It may not be pretty some days, but as long as you're doing the good enoughness of showing up and listening and supporting and giving them and providing their needs because all kids' needs are individuals, that's good enoughness. You don't have to be anxious about being a perfect parent, for example, because usually, especially with the moms that I see too, and the professionals that that's what brings them in because they get anxious about this has to be this way for whatever reason they have that belief system, but they start reacting to their kids in a way that is rooted and based in anxiety than what the sole purpose is for that child or themselves. It's a very different way to parent, for instance. Interesting. And I, I personally often remind myself that's a, a big reason why I do the work I do on myself and my anxiety, because I want to enjoy my kids. I want to be a good example for my kids. And I don't want to pass on the same ink habits that I have that cause anxiety to them. I'd hate to see them suffer in the way that I suffer. So it's important for me to be the example for them and to live it and walk it first because they will they will learn it from me one yeah. way or the other, good or bad. Absolutely. Learn behavior. Absolutely. It's the same thing, right? Their, their neurons, holy schmoly. I mean, anybody that's on the podcast that has kids, you know that zero to five years are unbelievable. <laughs> They're like sponges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a um, a metaphor that we use. But really what's happening is if you put their brain under a microscope, the neuron pathway branches that are growing are so rapid. It's really unbelievable. You know, from language to emotional learning to um, behavioral learning, their bodies, just learning how to crawl, walk and run type of thing, right? How to eat with a fork instead of a spoon. <laughs> it doesn't go in their eye. You know, just the basics of all of that neuron pathways being built that soon become automatic so they can grow and move on to other things. It's it's remarkable. That's amazing. Um, that's what I say. The hopeful part is, guess what? As an adult, your brains are malleable too. You're still growing new neuron pathways as well. That's the exciting part of understanding that our brain structures, our biological growth is really what is the goal. It really is the goal. Now, somehow along the way, we've learned that somehow stress should be managed. How many times have you heard stress management? Mm-hmm. We act, you know, with the forensic work I do, a lot of the classes are called stress management. Really? I don't know if we want to manage stress. I think we want to learn from it 
And really the goal is growth. It should be growth management. Mm. It just so happens that stress, high functioning anxiety and anxiety, clinical anxiety are markers to assess growth. That needs to be the goal. And when you when we talked about it in the step one of anchoring, we're really talking about getting back to that mindset. Once you have that mindset, then you come back to that every single time and you can align this to where you want to be again, coming back to your soul's purpose. That's the hopefulness of this. But recognizing that over time, your brain can be rewired. You can understand this continuum better. And when you're looking at where you're at, and maybe you can offer me a story of somehow where you felt what it, maybe what it felt like for me, for you, where you're, you were fine one moment, the next moment you felt stressed, the next moment you were triggered and you could feel your anxiety coming on. And then if you didn't course correct or pivot, you probably would have ended up as before into clinical anxiety or burnout. I don't know if you have a story at top of mind about why, what that felt like. And then we can kind of talk through how do you assess where you are in that continuum in vivo, as we call it live, as opposed to always like you want to get to the point where it's not always in retrospect. So even in coaching and in therapy, it's always retrospect. How was your week? Tell me about your week. Let's talk about your week. Let's go through what happened and course correct in the session so you can march out the next week and implement what we talked about. My goal is to work me out of a job. I want all my clients to learn how to do it for themselves in the moment. Mm, I love that. And so you can really, you can learn to help yourself. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, I just think about, we talked about this in a previous episode, but what life was like during the height of um, the initial COVID pandemic. So nobody knows what to expect from it. Everybody's in panic mode. I'm dealing with it at work. I'm dealing with it at home. What, you know, what do we do in the business setting? How do we care for our people? Personally, I I had a couple of family members lose their jobs over it while, while I was working like triple time, just trying to keep up. Do we send our kid to daycare where he could get sick or do we not? So mm-hmm. that was tough. And it felt round the clock because you didn't get a break from it, especially if you went and worked from home. I think it, mm-hmm. um, losing a connection to community, to any sense of normalcy, because life was anything but normal in those early days. So mm-hmm. th- that was a tough time. And that was when I connected with you. Yeah. How do you think you got through it? How do you think you went from just being, oh man, this is a stressful situation to getting through it? How did you, do you remember how you kind of pivoted? Um, Well, I, I met you. (laughs) (laughs) um, I I think a lot of it was um, kind of this learning and experience, right? Like Mm. you, you experience things that may be hard. And you learn how to use them in a way uh, to grow and to move forward as opposed to, you know, shutting down, going into my house, locking the doors, wiping everything that comes through with a Clorox wipe and and feeling like this is the end. I'm never going to leave my house again. And if I do, I'll be wearing a hazmat suit. Um, 
So I, I think it was a combination of sometimes just being in survival mode, like, okay, I have to work and I have to try to take care of my kids. And how are we going to strategize getting groceries and navigating day-to-day life in the early days of a pandemic when you worry that, you know, will you go out and suddenly catch this Mm -hmm. COVID and and Mm -hmm. you may not survive? I mean, worst case scenario uh, to, I think, just getting through each little piece, you know, that, for example, at work, we went from, do we send everybody home to how can we bring everyone back safely? Yeah. I think you're bringing up one of the things I hear that is so interesting is you definitely stayed within the realm of vacillating between stress and high functioning anxiety. There wasn't too many times where you shut down um, that I remember anyway. And even if you did, it was a short span of time. And when we talk about continuums, that's really what we're looking about. So it's okay sometimes to fall apart. We all have in our lives. The the goal is to get back up on that continuum and go back down the other way that at some point I recognize, okay, I grew through that one. Well, that's over. Now, how can I go back to just baseline of just having normal stress of the, of putting the day together? Sure. And I think one of the things that's interesting when you are assessing where you are in this continuum, one of the questions is when and why you don't get help or support. When do you get support? How do you get support? Who do you get your support from? There are so many choices. And again, as we have used at your example, there's so many choices now to get support. It could be your one that uses essential oils or yoga or your exercise, or you get together in weekly and have family get togethers that provide support that brings your anxiety back to baseline or prayer or your church community, which was taken away for most of us during COVID. Um, And then when you think about how do I decide that it's time? My suggestion is always to, when you start recognizing high functioning anxiety as a growth process, when you're in it, when you start on the scale that you recognize that you're hitting your threes and fours, maybe more often, when we talked about the scale of zero to 10, that's probably when you should reach out. Because the sooner that you can learn the skill set, the sooner you can start implementing and growing that new neuron pathway that's going to allow you to pivot pretty consistently in your life. And one of the examples that I always use in my the book, Bad Apples, that I talked about, how to feel good even when rotten things happen, is in a biology system, we don't get angry at trees when the branches break. We don't get frustrated because there's rotten apples that happen to fall on the ground, right? The, the, the tree themselves don't get frustrated with themselves because they're bending and breaking during possibly a storm. So when you think about biology systems, plants, trees, anything, kids growing, bones growing, they need stress, quote unquote, to grow. The stress that's put upon biological systems creates growth. So we want to get to the point where we embrace stress in our lives as a growth management. And that can shift you down in and of itself, right? Like, oh, 
this isn't the end of the world. Instead, it's an opportunity. Maybe Here that I takes growing. me down a notch. Yeah. Yes. There's been times that I've shouted out to God and said, hey, okay, <laughs> I'm done growing this week. This would be great if you stop at the <laughs> lessons. <laughs> I'm good with that now. <laughs> can I can please I just, have a vacation? Can I please have a vacation from growing? That'd be wonderful. <laughs> But it's not up to us. It's up to our soul, right? So that's the part of mm-hmm. understanding when you're truly being guided by your soul's purpose and your soul's process, then you can just embrace that with really self-love, right? I You love yourself, so you're able to embrace that it's just time for me to continue to grow. And in term, as, as we've talked about, everybody else gets to grow as a result. And conversely, if you won't take the time to stop to recognize it as such, that's where you might deepen that groove to the point where you are going to the far end of the continuum and maybe even staying there or going beyond to burnout, like you mentioned. To burnout, yeah, absolutely. Which and can I, look like many things, lo- leaving your profession, um, getting sick, of course, losing relationships, all of those things. So and I think that's we're... something that anyone can can identify with it doesn't matter whether you've struggled or not yep yeah yeah but if we're willing to recognize that there's this growth opportunity and catch it early by doing those assessments we don't have to go there that's right that's right and that's more i i just love your message of hope i love that Mm -hmm. it keeps coming back to hope that's that hope piece there's hope that you don't have to live misery burnout isn't inevitable Mm-mm. anxiety at a nine or 10 on a daily basis is absolutely not inevitable. Mm-mm. You you can be hopeful that you can live a life where you're more like a zero, one, two. Yes. Yeah. Even energetically, if you look at it as hope lifts us up and helplessness pushes us back down. Mm. So even just energetically, if you visualize yourself being lifted up, it, it somehow propels you and activates you to grow. If you're feeling helpless and pushed down energetically, you feel like you can't even move. Mm-hmm. I remember what I said, you know, I think it was in the first episode, when you're activated and you're in action, then you can pivot. And I like that you give us those concrete actions, just those small little steps. and it, And that's enough to flip the switch and stop that pendulum from swinging so far that other direction yeah that's the neuron that's the one neuron you only need one neuron (laughs) to go a different direction (laughs) literally have that one literally the science of it literally (laughs) yeah yeah so what else do people need to know about this continuum what's important for like an ambitious woman to know about the continuum of from stress on one end to burnout of the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the I think the thing to for to to end on with today is thinking about the when and how and the who you get help from. I think that's in a nutshell of uh, you only know that for yourself. You know what fits for you. Certainly, both of us are here for you to reach out to because we both have resources, both personally in our businesses as well as um, referrals. So. I think it's it's about knowing that it's time and only you know that. The If I was to concretize it for you, I would say if you're using the anxiety scale on a consistent basis, maybe for one or two weeks, 
and you're consistently, your anxiety seems to be creeping up to a four or five, that would be a gauge. Okay. I think that is so helpful to know, especially if you're someone who feels like you live with anxiety all the time. I think it's really easy. And I've found myself there to feel like I'm I'm about five on a daily Mm -hmm. basis. And it's been a while. So to know over a two week span of time, if you're hitting that, um, what did you say? A three to four, four to five? Yeah. Three to four, four to five is starting to creep up because you kind of want to keep it around a one or a two. Then it's Just, a good time yeah. to try to find some help. Yeah, exactly. And remember, the easiest way to find out where you are in the continuum is to go ahead and take my anxiety assessment that's on my website, drlisahartwell.com. And it'll provide you with an anxiety scorecard where you fall on that continuum. And then I can you can book in a call with me if you'd like, and we can go over your results together. That's amazing. What a great resource, especially if people are having a hard time visualizing that or haven't um, used the practice of assessing themselves on a scale. So I'll link that in the show notes so people can easily find it. Yeah, I like I think sometimes the assessments are good because they they you know how they are their statements and then you circle if it's a yes for you type of thing. And I I think they're so grounding every time when you read a statement, sometimes um, I just took one on a a money mindset. I'm in a um, getting coaching around that idea. And one of the statements I read, I went, Oh, that's an interesting way to put it. (laughs) I guess I do feel that way. So I I think it's, uh, we're all learning. And, you know, when it comes to learning about anxiety for yourself, it's just a real grounding tool for you. Perfect. Well, thank you for that. Absolutely. (laughs) So next up, what are we talking about in the next episode? We are going, I'm going to give you a little bit more concrete ways again to grow and develop daily as opposed to waiting for things to happen. Perfect. Yeah. I like that. The thought of something daily to do. I think ambitious people like the thought of a to-do and if it's a to-do that can help you. (laughs) That's really well put. (laughs) You see me. I feel so seen. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so excited for our next conversation. Mm -hmm. See you there. Aloha. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and please make sure to join us next week for parts four and five of this five-part series to create an anxiety master plan for life. Also, please come join my free Facebook group so you can share how you will work to create your own anxiety master plan for life. You can find the link to the Facebook group in the show notes. I look forward to talking with you next week. Hey friend, thanks for being here. Did today's episode help you feel more in control of your anxiety? Did it inspire you to rest or relax? Or maybe it challenged you to really look at why anxiety is a part of your life. If so, I'd love to hear from you. If you would take 30 seconds, pause this episode, scroll down in Apple Podcasts, and leave me a review, I would be so grateful. See you next week. Disclaimer, I am not a medical professional, and this podcast is not providing therapy or medical treatment contents of the podcast are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult your healthcare provider with your health questions and concerns.